All right, everybody, we are in 2024. We are 16 days into the new year, and we have to wonder what is up the sleeve of the elites and what do they have in store for 2024? What do they know that we need to know about? Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, everyone, I want to welcome everybody to the broadcast. It is Tuesday, January the 16th. This is End Time Headlines. I'm your host, Ricky Scaparro, the founder, the voice, and the pastor of End Time Headlines. We want to let you know that we welcome you tonight. And listen, if you're new to the broadcast, first time joining us, first time tuning in, first time coming in to the broadcast, maybe in the uh, you're live here on our YouTube chat. You're, you come into the chat, and we want to welcome you to the broadcast. Let us know where you guys are joining us from and that you are new so that we can acknowledge you. For everybody that's listening, uh, maybe, again, you're a longtime viewer. Maybe you've not done this yet or you're new. We Again, we have a free app, guys. This is how you keep up with our ministry. We want you to download it today. It's available on Apple and Android stores. Again, if you're listening by Apple or by Spotify or by whatever podcast stream you're listening from, again, go to your Apple store, your play, uh, your Google Play store, whatever that looks like for you. Find us at End Time Headlines. Look for our official trademark logo. You're, you're going to see the ETH acronym with the four blood moons and the solar eclipse. Download, get our app today. Uh, you're going to be notified of every headline, every podcast. All you got to do is hit yes to push notifications and you're going to be squared away and good to go again. And don't forget, guys, hit that like button, hit that bell notification and share this broadcast. This is how uh, we get our material out across these algorithms on YouTube and wherever else you may be watching and listening this from. So let's talk about it, guys. We know there has been. A lot of chatter about 2024. I've talked about it. Other prophetic voices have talked about it. Watchmen have talked about it. Uh, myself, along with Bishop Larry Ragland, we was on here last week. We talked about it. But it seems like that, that there is something brewing, something stewing in uh, dark rooms behind the scenes that the elites. Now, what, I'm, what am I talking about the elites? We're talking about the um again you can name you can put titles on all these all day long the the we're talking about the illuminati the nwo the wef the the who the cdc the the governments of the world something is going on behind the scenes and i believe that the elites these hierarchy uh, individuals in high places already know a lot about what's coming down the road that I, I would venture to say that most people are oblivious to. Now, I believe that if you um, pay attention to what's going on, listen, especially if you sit under watchmen like myself and others who are warning you about this, they're sounding the alarm about this, this should not catch you off guard. Now, I want to preface this by saying this. You've heard me say this over and over and over again, and I want to say this again. Paul emphasized to us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This war, this scheme, these plots, these plans 
are not originated from flesh and blood. They are principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and heavenly hosts in heavenly places, a.k.a. Lucifer, Satan, the devil, is pulling the strings and orchestrating this behind scenes. So I just want to let you know that right off the bat before we get started on this. But it's interesting when you start seeing world leaders making statements and there is uh, there's conferences going on, there's uh, meetings happening and there's gatherings happening and they're they're literally telling you what the next big event's going to happen and take place. We better wake up, pay attention to these things and prepare the best we can for these things. Let me show you one example. The recently the Belarusian leader, uh, Luke Lukashenko, I don't even know how you pronounce his name, Lukashenko, uh, pointed to the continued persistent attempts by the U.S. to, quote, rule the world the way it was after the collapse of the Soviet Union. In an address, he actually made this statement that's on your screen here, quote, the world is on the threshold of a grandiose event. Let me say that again. World, the world is on the threshold of grandiose events. And he even said that 2024 will be a, quote, turbulent year. Quote, this year will be dramatic and turbulent as the world is on the threshold of grandiose events. Again, this statement comes from the Belarus president, Alexander Lukashenko said at a reception on the occasion of the Orthodox New Year, quote, I would like to warn you, he said, the world is on the eve of grandiose events. We are we are in a precarious situation today. It is like walking on thin ice. One careless move and we can sink and cause the state to capsize. In all likelihood, this year will be, quote, very dramatic. And again, in context to this, he's he noted that the continued persistent attempts by the United States to, quote, rule the world the way it was after the collapse of the Soviet Union, Ukraine, the Mideast, the border between the Indian and Atlantic Oceans, the Hothis, there have been demonstration bombings just for the sake of the upcoming elections in the U.S. Again, that's not my statement, that's his. And the wish to show everybody, quote, how cool I am. The whole planet may go up in flames. This cannot be allowed. Then we have this article from USA Today, quote, scientists are set to deliver a warning about nuclear war with doomsday clock 2024 announcement. I'm going to read a little bit of this. It's almost that time again, time for the annual update of the doomsday clock, the symbol of how close the world is to civilization ending catastrophe. This was first set in 1947. The doomsday clock warns humanity about how close or uh, far we are to destroying our world with our own dangerous technologies. Quote, it is a metaphor, a reminder of the perils we must address if we to, if we are to survive on this planet. This is according to the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientist, which sets the symbolic time every year or every January, rather. In recent years, the clock settings have mostly reflected the risk of nuclear war and the dangers of uncontrolled climate change. Now, guys, is it just me or does it seem like we just did this? It literally seems like we just did this. I mean, this is how fast time is going right now. According to this report, this year, this clock will be updated on January the 23rd. 
uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern in Washington, D.C. The last announcement in January of 2023 came before the beginning of the Israel-Hamas war, but amid nuclear tension surrounding Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Currently, uh, this clock is set at 90 seconds to midnight. The closest the clock has been to midnight in the entire history of this um, of this doomsday uh, scenario, this doomsday clock scenario. Let me say that again. The clock is set at 90 seconds to midnight. Let me pull this up and you can see what I'm looking at here. Here's a little graph for this. If you guys are watching the visual right now, we are currently set at 90 seconds to midnight. Again, this is uh, the the, the closest it's been to midnight in its entire history. Midnight is the moment that symbolizes doomsday. Uh, in 2022, it was set at 100 seconds. Now it's 90 seconds. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, if, I have, if I was a guessing man, I would, I would venture to say that they're probably going to put this to 60 seconds to midnight. Wow. One minute to midnight. Now, I want you to think about the prophetic implications of that. Now, I know this is a, uh, a hypothesis, a, a scenario, you know, whatnot. But I want you to think about it from a prophetic perspective for a second. For example, you know, in Matthew chapter 25, when it gives us the parable, of the 10 virgins that are waiting for the bridegroom to return at a day and hour, they know not. Your Bible says that while they were waiting and while the, the groom delayed his coming, they all fell into slumber and they all slept and half of them had oil in their lamps and the other half did not. And the Bible says in Matthew 25, let me pull this up for you. I want to, I want to show you this. Matthew 25, 6 and at what? What does it say here, church? At midnight. A cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Now, obviously, guys, the Lord, I don't think the Lord's going to come back at midnight because for you, it may be midnight, but somebody else around the world, somebody else in a different time zone, it's not midnight. So how can the Lord return at midnight for everybody on the planet when we're all in different time zones? Come on, somebody talk to me right now. But again, what is it? It's again, it's an illustration it's to emphasize that the Lord is going to come back in an hour and a day that you know not. But watch this. But we will know the times and the seasons that prepare us for that coming or for that return for that. I would, I want to, I would venture to say that midnight hour return. Here's another illustration of this. It's in Mark 13. Jesus is speaking of a parable here, and he says, it's like a man going into a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, verse 35, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening. Look what it says here at midnight at the crowing of the rooster or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. So, guys, again, we as the body of Christ understand the times and seasons of his return. We, we see all of the, 
the events transpiring. We see the birth pangs increasing. We see the wars and the calamities and the disasters and the pestilences and the plagues and the, the famines and all these things happening. And we as the body of Christ have to prepare accordingly. But now, look, even the world, even the world is now looking on. Most of the world is lost. The Bible says they're all under the sway of the wicked one. They're blinded by the God of this world, but they see the calamities. They see the disasters. They see the turmoil. They see all these things. And this is why they've created this quote unquote doomsday clock in which now they're saying last year, it was the closest in the entire history of its ever since it was created in the 1940s. Think about that. And now there's a good chance that we're going to go even further up closer to the midnight hour, probably around in the 62nd to midnight range. What am I talking about? I'm talking about 2024, guys. We're already being conditioned to accept that it's going to be tumultuous. It's going to be exceptional. It's going to be catastrophic. It's going to be grandiose, if you would. I want to show you what they're saying here. Listen to what they're saying. Look at this headline, quote, global economy headed for the worst half decade in 30 years. Now, this was a warning from the World Bank. The global economy will slow in 2024 for the third straight year and appears headed for its, quote, weakest half decade since the early 90s. While higher interest rates appear to bring inflation under control without serious financial crisis or soaring unemployment that many uh, had feared, the global economy's overall performance is lagging. Again, this is according to uh, the bank's top economist. Now, here's where it gets interesting. You go down here. Remember we talked about Agenda 2030? Remember that? Look at this. The continuing slowdown all but guarantees that the world leaders, uh, a.k.a. the elites, will fail to meet the 2030 development goals that 193 members of the UN, including the United States, agreed to back in 2015. So again, so if this puts a hamper on this, something's got to happen, guys, to get them to that goal of 2030, which is six years out. So again, watch the economy, pay attention to what's going on. So again, that's why I pay attention to what these world leaders are saying, the military leaders, the economists are saying, the elites are saying, the WEF saying, the CDC saying, the World Health Organization saying, the scientists, quote unquote, are saying, you know, the Bill Gates of the world are saying, the all these elites, I pay attention to what they're saying. Look at this. Let me give you another one. Sweden's defense ministry just came out and warned to brace for war and it sent the public into a panic. Let's read this. Swedish defense officials recently warned to brace for war as the nation nears NATO membership has prompted panic and caused supplies to fly off the shelves, according to reports. This is from Fox News. Quote, for a nation for whom peace has been a pleasant companion for nearly 210 years, the idea that it is an immovable constant is conveniently close at hand. This was according to Swedish civil defense minister Carl Oscar Bolin, who made this statement at Folk Osh Forsvars, or quote, Society and Defense Annual National Conference there on Sunday. But quote, taking comfort in this conclusion has become more dangerous than it has been for a very long time. 
According to a government transcript, quote, many have said it before before me, but let me do so in an official capacity more plainly and with naked clarity. There could be war in Sweden. Quote, the commander in chief of the Swedish armed forces, General uh, Michael Biden, Biden or Biden, how you pronounce it, who visited the eastern front of the Ukraine in December, also spoke to the conference on Sunday, warning all Swedes to prepare mentally for the possibility of war as their nation is just, quote, two steps short of NATO membership. Quote, we must understand how serious this situation really is and that people down to the individual level are preparing themselves mentally. That's what I've been saying, too. We've got to prepare ourselves, guys, for this, quote, turbulent year that's upon us. He went on to say that, quote, it is not my intent to worry people. My ambition is to get more people to think about their own situation and their own responsibilities. Come on. That's what I, that's what the watchmen and the preachers are telling you that are that have an ear to the ground. They have an eye. Come on to the, the, the clouds and they they know they they have a they have a, a tune to the Holy Spirit. They see the times and seasons in which we're in. They're warning you guys. They're telling you to prepare. Now, Michael Snyder put a piece together uh, and I'm going to read a little bit of this. He talked about 12 examples of chaos that is already erupting all over the planet. Right. As we speak, 12 events that are already erupting across the planet. Let's talk about these. Number one, the, the candidate that China hated the most recently just won the election in Taiwan. Uh, because of this, this makes a, a Chinese invasion even more probable. So again, we've been warning about this. We've been warning about China and Taiwan going to war, America getting dragged into this. Well, now voters in Taiwan elected uh, a vice president, Lee Ching Ti, as their next president over the weekend, defying warnings from Beijing not to support a candidate that is called that, that has been called a separatist and a troublemaker. The election, which China has described as a, quote, choice between war and peace. Listen to that. Taiwan's presidential election has been described as a choice between war and peace. With growing concerns, China could invade the self-governing island, which it considers its own territory. That looming threat, both the biggest source of tension between the U.S. and China and the key issue at the center of this vote. The election here has become a very tight race and the outcome will reach far beyond Taiwan. William Lai with the ruling Democratic People's Party says he's ready to defy China. We have to win because we have to protect democracy. China sees Lai as favoring independence. Chinese military officials vowing today to smash any attempt at that. Polls show lie neck and neck with Ho Yui of the Kuomintang Party, which is open to dialogue with the mainland. We can never ignore their existence, Ho says of China. Misunderstandings will lead to conflict. China makes no secret of its intentions when it comes to Taiwan. Xi Jinping, in a New Year's speech, saying reunification is inevitable. For years, China has increased surveillance, fighter jets, even missiles around the island. It's also ramping up disinformation, including messaging to sow doubt about U.S. health. Uh, the message is that there will be no knight in shiny armor to save you when things really go down. 
The third candidate, Ko Wenju, wants stronger ties to China and the U.S. Finding a balance between the two, he says, this is the toughest job for the Taiwanese president. A crucial vote for Taiwan, with the U.S. and China looming over it. Could test recent efforts by Beijing and Washington to prepare relations that in recent years have fallen to their lowest point in decades. The status of Taiwan, one of the strongest democracies in Asia, is among the most sensitive issues between the two superpowers. And focus will now turn to any potential show of force from Beijing in response. All right, number two. Massive demonstrations have broke out in Germany by farmers and train drivers that have caused much of the nation to come to a complete standstill. Then in Argentina, the annual rate of inflation. Now, this is almost profound to even say this. The annual rate of inflation in Argentina has skyrocketed to 211 percent. And then you have in then in Ecuador. There was uh, an internal armed conflict that has put the country into a complete war zone. Ecuador has been a relatively peaceful haven in South America, safe from drug cartels and gang violence until this week. President Daniel Noboa declared Ecuador was entering a new era, a state of war, he says, after a wave of gang violence swept through the country. CBS's Christiane Benavides has more. Ecuador at war. The small South American country, a U.S. ally, is carrying out its largest military operation against criminal drug gangs that have taken over prisons and parts of the country. New videos obtained by CBS News show journalists evacuating an Ecuadorian TV station this week. Gunmen took over the studio during a live broadcast. Jose Luis Calderón had guns pointed to his head. A stick of dynamite was put in his pocket. Vamos a matar a cada uno de ustedes. They said they'll kill us all. I was under a desk. Sports anchor Diego Arcos was one of many staffers who ran for safety, hiding on the roof, inside offices, unbeknownst to the gunmen, behind a studio wall. We were just trying to stay still, not moving, not even trying to breathe. Ecuador's national police responded quickly, arresting the gunmen. What's causing the violence? The fundamental root is drug trafficking. All right, so what are we talking about here? We're talking about, again, Matthew 24, birth pangs. In the earth, you're going to have distress of nations, perplexity, earthquakes, all these things happening. Let's go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been reeled, guys, by continual earthquakes. Like they're, they're in an earthquake swarm right now. Yeah, the state seismologist spoke with me earlier about the series of the earthquakes and most of them having an epicenter near here in Lake Arcadia. KOCO5 viewers sending in videos, including dogs trying to sleep. And they aren't the only ones. The city of Edmond sending us a statement saying they were inspecting facilities and infrastructure to identify and assess impacts of the recent series of earthquakes. Some of those facilities were related to water infrastructure like the dam at Arcadia Lake. And so far, Edmund says they're unsure on how the dam is because a different agency checks on that. However, they say their water infrastructure is fine. Dr. Jake Walters with the Oklahoma Geological Survey says this isn't the first time this area has had earthquakes of this size. You might remember significant shakes in 2015 and 2017. It's really never um, completely 
completely died down. There's been months where there's been no activity on this particular fault segment, but but we we do see smaller and smaller earthquakes over the last several years, uh, connecting back to that that period time period when there was much more vigorous activity. And many of those earthquakes from 2017 were believed to be caused by wastewater injection wells. And so far, the Oklahoma Corporation Commission has not commented on what caused this series of earthquakes. Now, tonight at 10, I'll have what you can do during and after an earthquake, plus what people around the area are saying about this latest series. The latest, the largest one that's recently produced was a magnitude 4.4 earthquake that was recorded at 5.36 a.m., uh, and it was about four miles east-northeast of Edmond, and it was felt throughout the entire Oklahoma City metroplex. Then you go, let's, then in uh, Iceland, there was yet another uh, gigantic ex- uh, eruption that took place there. Now turn to what is a frightening situation that's unfolding in Iceland. For the second time in less than a month, people were forced to evacuate their homes due to volcanic eruptions. This footage shows lava from that eruption overtaking homes in the fishing town of Grindavik. Three homes were destroyed. Fortunately, no one was hurt. Scientists say that these eruptions do appear to be dying down but it's too soon to declare the danger this over. This happened over the weekend. Um, and so that's been an ongoing uh, volcanic eruption there. And now there, there's been another eruption. Then you, uh, we go back to Russia, where Dmitry Medved is warning that any deployment of British troops in Ukraine would be a declaration of war. They've been, Again, it's all this war rhetoric, these threats, these warnings. You had... Um, a coalition led by the U.S. conducted two rounds of airstrikes on these targets in Yemen. The widening conflicts in the Middle East. Today, a U.S.-owned cargo ship was hit by a ballistic missile off the coast of Yemen. That's according to U.S. Central Command. The attack by Iranian-backed Houthi militants caused no injuries or significant damage, but it follows Friday's retaliatory strikes by the United States and Britain. CBS's Charlie Daggett reports tonight from Tel Aviv. Iranian-backed Houthi militants held military exercises in Yemen just a day after being hit by U.S.-led airstrikes, more in defiance than a show of force, a flex of military muscle on land for a battle being waged at sea. U.S. operators say the cargo ship Gibraltar Eagle was hit by an anti-ship ballistic missile 100 miles off the coast of Yemen in the Gulf of Aden. The company said the vessel suffered limited damage to the cargo hold, but that it was stable and heading out to sea with no injuries reported. The attack follows that massive U.S.-U.K. bombing campaign to deter assaults exactly like this. The Houthis retaliated by launching an anti-ship cruise missile toward the USS Laboon destroyer in the Red Sea before it was shot down by a fighter jet, according to U.S. military officials. Houthis say they're targeting commercial ships in solidarity with Palestinians as the conflict in Gaza reached 100 days. Where Hamas released undated video showing three hostages speaking under duress, including Noah Argamani, the 26-year-old captured on video being taken away from the music concert on the morning of the October 7th massacre. Yemen. 
Uh, and this is this has caused much anger in the Middle East and turmoil there. Uh, Hezbollah in middle in the Middle East continues to strike targets in northern Israel, and assuring that the war on Israel's northern border is far from being over and will continue to escalate. Then again, you go farther south, the war in the south continues to escalate as well, as it is being reported that the IDF is planning an operation to, quote, seize Gaza's border with Egypt. Then again, back here in the States, in the United States, these anti-Israel protests continue to escalate. There was anti-Israel protesters that recently vandalized an L.A. National Cemetery uh, where almost 90,000 U.S. war heroes were buried. It's so disrespectful, guys. It's unbelievable. Palestinian protesters defaced an historic veteran cemetery in Los Angeles over the weekend. That's a dreadful thing. Take me through it. really it. is. This is where 85,000 veterans and their families are buried. It dates back to the Civil War. So pro-Palestinian protesters sprayed free Gaza at the entrance and intifada and other places. It defaces this sacred place, and it shows that these protesters have no boundaries. It's one thing to disrupt my commute home by blocking a bridge and snaring traffic. It's another thing to put graffiti on a national cemetery. That insults people. And I'll go a step further. It's anti-American. They hate America. That's the message that they're sending. What price will they pay for this? I'm not talking about being fined or imprisoned. I'm talking about the public relations penalties which they should face. You don't encourage people to see things your way if you're defacing a cemetery and blocking people's commute on the way home. It's, surely this is counterproductive. Where's the president about speaking out about right. all of Where this? Is because it? he needs their votes. Yes, that's it, isn't that's it? That's one of the reasons he's down in popularity among young voters, because they're very much part of this anti-Israel movement. Not all of them, some of them. Well, he should get out there and say what he thinks. Well, can't. All right. Thanks very much, Lauren. But that happened. Then on Saturday night, there was a violent riot right in front of the White House. And anti-Israel pro and these protesters came very close to breaching the perimeter. Again, this was in the United States. So guys, things are things are just escalating. They're intensing. The intensification of the birth pangs are increasing. The distress of nations, the perplexity, the earthquakes, the turmoil, the rhetoric. And then I, I got to pull this up. And then look again, just what I said here. What is going to be the big? We know there's going to there. I believe something big's coming. Now, what is it? Is it a cyber attack? Is it a war? Is it a major natural disaster? Is it or could it be? Let's I'm going to show you this quote. Global leaders set to discuss how to prepare for the quote ready next pandemic where they go where is these global leaders going to discuss this why are they discussing this well let's talk about it the davos summit oh yes the world economic forum who would have ever guessed it right the davos summit comes after warnings from experts that a quote hypothetical new pandemic named disease X. You better get used to that term. This hypothetical new pandemic disease called disease X could potentially kill 20 times more people around the world than the want want and world leaders are set to discuss the preparation for this next pandemic. And it's going to be in Switzerland at 
the world, the annual World Economic Forum, a.k.a. WEF. Officials from across the globe will be coming there. Hmm. Wonder who will be a part of that meeting. Look what it says here. The risk posed by what is known as disease X is one of the, quote, key items on the agenda. Now, of course, the article says it comes after warnings from experts that a hypothetical new pandemic that could kill 20 times more people than the recent want want outbreak. It is hoped that with the correct research framework in place, I'm going to say that again, correct research framework in place and enough knowledge in place on a global level, a future pandemic could be eliminated in just 100 days. Now, I wonder what the quote framework is. And I wonder what the knowledge is that's all in place to keep this within a hundred days. If they listen, if and we all remember, we all remember what methods that they used in the last pandemic. Social distancing, social tracking, mandates draconian mandates all of these things shutdowns so do we actually believe for a moment that we're not going to see the same thing again if it quote this hypothetical disease was to quote hypothetically manifest itself do we are we naive to believe that they would that these elites these leaders that the officials would not begin to implement the same draconian measures that they did the last time. But mark my words, I believe that it would be on steroids. It would be on a far greater scale because guys, last time, whether you believe it or not, that was a dry run. That was the pre-test. That was the test drive for the real thing coming up. The World Health Organization. We told you they're part of this too. Has warned of a potential disease X since 2017. A term indicating a quote unknown pathogen that could cause a serious international epidemic. Speaking to the WEF on its radio Dave Davos podcast last year, one author, Kate Killen, said that extensive research into already known families of viruses would help humanity prepare and create a vaccine. We knew that was coming, right? Prepare and create a vaccine quickly for the next outbreak. I want to read what else she said here. Quote, because scientists were working for decades or more on SARS vaccines and also on MERS vaccine, they found out some very key pieces of information about coronaviruses. If we do, if we do that kind of homework on every one of the 25 or so viral families that we already know have the potential to cause disease in humans, then we can actually gain a lot of knowledge ahead of time about something that doesn't exist yet. Let me say that again. We can actually gain a lot of knowledge ahead of time about something that doesn't exist yet. Somebody say yet. Miss Keelan added that an example of this preparedness had already been seen with the monkeypox, which already had a vaccine in place before the outbreak in 2022 because it was from the same family as smallpox. Miss Bingham, uh, Kate Bingham, who was on the UK's vaccine panel in 2020, 
has also previously warned that disease X could be capable of producing 20 times as many fatalities as the want want about 50 million fatalities in their first post pandemic meeting held in November of 2022. The, the WHO brought over 300 scientists to consider which of over 25 virus families and bacteria could potentially create another pandemic. The list team came up with included the Ebola virus, the Marburg virus, the Want Want virus, SARS, and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus. Others included Lassa fever, Nipha, and Hinnipavirus diseases, Zift Valley fever, and Zika, as well as the unknown pathogen. And again, I want to emphasize that the unknown pathogen that would cause disease X. Now, I found this at MSN, and I want to point this out to you. I want to show you this. Look who all's involved. Look whose hands are in this. So you can see the title here. How's the research for the next pandemic going? If you go down here, updating the international health regulations and developing a new global agreement, global agreement, to protect the world from future emergencies, a new fund approved by the World Bank. Remember, we remember they just gave a warning while ago, right? For pandemic prevention, preparedness and response, a WHO hub for pandemic and epidemics intelligence in Berlin that aims to speed access to key data and develop analytical tools and predictive models to assess potential threats. The Global Viral Project that aims to discover zootonic viral threats and to stop future pandemics. A $5 billion U.S. government initiative to develop next-generation vaccines. There it is. And treatments for want-want called Project Next Gen. $262.5 million in funding for a U.S. national network for detecting and responding more efficiently to public health emergencies. Interesting. Establishment of Global Center for Pandemic Therapeutics. Still, numerous challenges threaten to undermine these efforts, including depleted and weakened health systems, a growing anti-science movement that has increased vaccine hesitancy. So guess who that's blaming? All you folks that are anti-vax or don't choose to get the vax, you are responsible for uh, deple- you're you're responsible for halting, slowing down the progress of their agenda. So, guys, again, I don't know what's coming. I don't know the big thing, and it could be big things, plural tense. But it looks to me like they are they have been really ramping up this hypothesis of this disease X that could be, quote, right around the corner. I mean, from everything I'm seeing, they're having these meetings about it. They're making, they're making preparations about this. They're, they're throwing money at this, lots of money on this. They're already trying to create another want-want for this. Everything seems to be set in motion. So, again, I'm telling you, it's going to be a very interesting year. 2024 is going to be a very interesting year, and I'm going to, I'm going to, from quoting the words of this uh, Belarus president, it looks like that we are on the threshold of grandiose events for 2024 that is going to lead to a turbulent year. Listen, intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. Again, guys, please get our free app. It's available on Apple. It's available on Android. 
Hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be good to go with every headline, every podcast when it's readily available. As always, guys, we want to give you the opportunity. If this ministry is a blessing to you, it informs you, it equips you um, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, it keeps you in the know. It, it, it equips you. It challenges It encourages you. Pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app. If you have the app, that's the easiest way. Or go to our main website, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. You can give by our uh, by check or money order. The easiest way is right there on your screen. You can make it out to End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia, 30655. So, guys, listen, it is Tuesday, January 16th. Tomorrow, the 17th, is my birthday. I'll be turning 47 years of age. So my family and I are going to, to celebrate that, we're going to go out of town. We're leaving Thursday morning. So we're, this will be our last broadcast this week. Okay, so I know it's disappointing for some of you, um, but I, I need this myself. I need to get a little, a little way to relax and to, you know, as you know, I've been going through some health stuff and it's going to be good just to get away and relax and have some time with my family. And I'm sure you guys understand that. And so we'll be off Let's see. We'll be from the 17th uh, on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we'll be right back here, Lord willing, on Monday of next week, right back in the saddle, right back in the studio. And we plan on Lord willing, we're going to go four days next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. So taking some time off, get some much needed relaxation and stress free stuff. Um, so, and we need to recharge the batteries. So we'll keep, you know, our headlines will keep going. Uh, we're going to keep you informed. That's why I say get the app. You'll still get all of our headlines, our breaking news. But as far as our podcast go, we're going to take some time away. Um, and we'll be right back on Monday. Well, listen, when we come back, we'll still be in the fast. Uh, let's see. We should be the 17th 18th we'll be coming right off i think we'll be right at the end of the fast or coming off the fast but we're going to continue doing these messages on encouraging you because a lot listen even though we're still in the fast many of us are still fasting right now a lot of the breakthroughs the answers the blessings uh, all these things come at the end of the fast sometimes they come during the fast but a lot of times those things don't start coming until the end of the fast so we're going to we're going to keep encouraging you with these words uh, i've still got about four messages lined up we just couldn't get them in because of circumstances unforeseen that came up and whatnot and but we're still going to get those out there and you'll be blessed greatly by them so again guys from all of us here at end time headlines we love you we appreciate you we appreciate our partners supporters all of your emails your messages your letters everything that you guys have done for our ministry and been such a blessing i again i appreciate your prayers and your continual intercession for myself and for my family and for our ministry we are going to continue on the front lines And we're going to finish the race in which God has entrusted for us to do. So until we see you guys next Monday, may the Lord bless you, may keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.